from our perspective. My name is Ruben Spolter. I'm here with Rabbi Johnny Solomon and our Rabbi Mali Brovsky. And if this is your first time listening to our podcast, we encourage you to rate us on iTunes, preferably highly, click on the five stars. And uh, <laughs> if you leave a review, say nice things. We very much appreciate it. Um, today we're going to talk about, over the past couple of weeks, uh, really mostly in the last week, Israel, and especially the Israeli press, have really spoken very, very excitedly about a, about a it's, I don't know, if it's, it's not an official peace treaty, but coming to official terms with the United Arab Emirates, you know, a country that has a lot of wealth, it's not a radical Arab country, and, uh, but what's interesting, obviously that's a positive development and everybody's very happy about it, but what's interesting is that in the end, what happened was politically, Prime Minister Netanyahu had to choose he had to choose between annexation, it's not really clear whether he actually ever was going to go through with it in the end, but the way he described it, he had to choose between going through with annexation now, annexing parts of all of some of the West Bank, nobody really knows exactly how that was going to work at all, or peace with the United Arab Emirates. And in the end, first of all, it was, it was like a landslide, if you asked, if you pulled the Israeli public the Israeli public by far was in favor of peace with the United Arab Emirates, and there have been all these excited, uh, you know, the news has been there, and they're so welcoming, and it's so wonderful, uh, that on the one hand, and, uh, and on the other hand, like, sipuach, uh, or as it is, uh, you know, um, um, what's the word? I forgot my Hebrew, I forgot my English. Annexation. Word. Annexation just didn't happen, and it kind of fell by the wayside. And there were all these articles in the Makor Shalom, which I read, and of course, Besheva, which is a very right-wing uh, newspaper, lamenting Netanyahu lied to us, he didn't keep his promise. So we're going to ask a very simple question. We're gonna, each of us are going to comment and ask a very simple question. Which would you have picked? If you were Bibi, would you have picked Tzipuach, annexation, Eretz Yisrael HaShlema, meaning Jewish political control over the historical... Uh, sites, the historical areas that were classically belonged to the Jewish people in a legal sense or normalization of ties with a small Gulf country uh, you know, in, you called the United Arab Emirates. Okay, Molly, Prime Minister Brasky, what is it? <laughs> okay, so... Um, well, first President of all, Trump calls and says, Brasky, what is it going to be? Alright, so the truth is, I, I think it's important to, to open up the real politic here because I think that um, that plays a role in my understanding of what's happening and my answer to your question because I think that what happened was that it became increasing what Bibi thought he was originally getting in the plan is open for debate but I think that it became clear with time that he realized that annexation was becoming increasingly off the table and so um, it, it wasn't like off the table from the Trump perspective, two, from, from the American perspective, off the table from the American perspective, from the international perspective. I just think he realized the Israeli po policy, right? He, now all of a sudden he's in a Mshalad At this point, I'm not sure. I haven't even read this. I'm just assuming. All right, this, uh, now we're getting you know, a little. Uh, against, whatever. I'm just saying. I make your choice. Make your one choice. One second. No, but this is important to say because I think <laughs> <laughs> she's like. I always ask a question. I know. She says, I like, okay, well, I can't, before I answer your before question, I answer Bob, your you'd be like, question, you'd be like a great, you'd be a great interviewee on the news. 
Because you'd filibuster until they're like, you know. I'm not filibuster. I will answer the question, but I will have to give a context. The, the best, I think a, 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 a good um, reading of it that I read was the way BB viewed it was once annexation was on the table, like, even if you got to a position where it was, <laughs> where it, <laughs> he's making faces at me. I don't care how BB would view it. No, what this would is you Let me tell you. Um, what? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry for interrupting you. Okay. Once BB was in a position where he realized that annexation was not the simple proposition that he assumed it was. Like, do you realize that we annexed? The, that didn't annex. Well, the, uh, let's say it this way. Uh, Trump uh, agreed with our um, sovereignty over the Golan Heights. Like, that's officially true. And that happened without with nary a ripple. And that's pretty cool. Right? So, like... I think Bibi was hoping that this annexation would be the same way. Like it's, you know, areas that are pretty, you know, maladjumim, maybe we should see on afterwards, eventually the big ah. Um, and it turns out it wasn't going to be quite that smooth. And I think then he realized, okay, so I'm going to use this as a bargaining chip. Once I have, wait, I'm going to say this. <laughs> Once, let me talk. Once I have this, like the Arabs are like, oh no, don't annex. So Bibi's like, okay, fine. I'll give you no annexation if you give me peace with the United Arab Emirates. And that's how he did it, when he ended up using it as a bargaining chip. Now, why am I saying all this? Because I think you have to understand Bibi's larger political theory, which is we've had peace with the United Arab Emirates for the past, I would say, I don't know how many years, de facto, and with Bahrain, with a whole bunch of, bunch of other countries. That's Bibi's larger plan. Um, but to bring that out into the open is actually a tremendous achievement. Wait, we have de facto control over these places, too. You're only talking okay. about... And you still haven't answered. Okay, so I will answer your question. I choose, in today's reality, absolutely peace with the United Arab Emirates. For the same reason that Bibi has been fighting for it for the past X amount of years, I think it is better for the state, for the safety of the land, of the, of the state of Israel. Because I think that creating a coalition of, um, of peace partners, of Jews with Arabs, takes away a lot of... Um, the danger that we have, it actually, I think, increases the possibility of having peace with the Palestinians. Because the only, re the, meaning the Palestinian issue becomes almost irrelevant in the larger picture, which is why, if not now, when all these people are against, we're against this, they're like, oh no, but you're abandoning the Palestinians. Because once Arab countries are free to say, I don't care about the Palestinians anymore. I want to make peace with Israel because it's good for me, because it's, it's good for my security, it's good for my trade, it's good for, it's good for my economy. All of a sudden, the Palestinians no longer become a, a, a cloth hanging over our heads as Israelis, which doesn't mean we shouldn't care about the Palestinian issue, please don't misunderstand me, and try to come to a conclusion that's going to be positive and healthy for Israelis and Palestinians alike. But I think it's a smart move in the larger Israeli picture, in terms of Israelis' well-being. So when you're a religious Zionist, which I choose, I choose... Um, um, a, a, a move on the chessboard that ultimately I think is better for the state of Israel, to me, that is more important than Eretz Yisrael HaShlema. Harav Johnny, same question. You, you are also allowed to filibuster if you choose. <laughs> okay, so, you know, there's, a, there's an English turn of phrase about winning the battle and losing the war, right? Where by sometimes people look to have relatively small and yet principal gains. But Begadol, they don't quite come out the victors in the way they want to. And uh, I'm not a political commentator, I've never claimed to be, but what I understand is that, of course, even prior to the establishment of the State of Israel, there's been lots of pressure externally onto the state and lots of pressure 
within the state to to review, change, widen, shift the map, the boundaries in order to have a sense of peace uh, with all the inhabitants of Eretz Yisrael Shlema. Bibi, uh, already for quite some time, this is not a new phenomenon, has kind of said, I will deal with internal maps and boundaries when necessary. I'll protect the inhabitants of the state of Israel. What I'd really like to do is change the narrative. What I'd really like to do is to change the dynamic. And he's always looked at the wider Middle East question, whereby it, we currently, or until relatively recently, on a public level, we have had few friends and many foes. Now, he said on a number of occasions, behind the scenes, I try and maintain relationships with people that you think are our enemies, because those relationships will, in, term, in time, develop into being beneficial to the state of Israel. He takes a view, as does Washington, that economics plays a significant role in partnerships and in peace. And so what you see here is a realization of a vision which has taken many, many years to be fostered. It seems to have occurred in exchange for, at the cost of, uh, on the table uh, annexation deal, although, as we said, it's not entirely clear what was on the table and what right. most of you, the citizens of the state of By the way, John just said what I wanted to say so much better. You should always say, <laughs> that's what I meant. Johnny said it so, much more eloquently. Well, the truth is, again, nobody quite knew what annexation was looking like, and there was very no, much strong I, My question is a theoretical question. Trump calls you up and says, mm -hmm. I'm behind you 100%, whichever one you want. Do you want to annex? would be the full support of my government because he, because I believe in it, because of the evangelicals, because of whatever? Or do you want to do with the UAE knowing that they will walk away unless you go, unless you give up on annexation for now? Well, we know what's happened and we know no, what the I'm asking Johnny Solomon, Prime Minister Solomon. Not, well, that, not Johnny Minister Solomon would yet. never be foolish enough to get into politics, let alone Prime Minister. I think... See, but Johnny, uh, here's my question. You're, I'm asking yes. Rabbi Johnny Solomon. What do you think... HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Torah, wants oh, to do. If you are... No, no, I'm serious. Don't, don't please uh, me. That, I don't get to be question. the mouthpiece of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rule number one, any person who does run away from them when they claim to know the will of God if God does I'm not saying, tell no, us no, no, his no, will saying, What Torah? are the values of the Torah that are infused in us teach us? Is it the value of whatever's best for Israel? Or does God say, I gave you this land, this is a gift, and this is what, excuse me, this is where my question comes from. It seems the answer is obvious. So the answer should be obvious. Everyone should say, okay, of course, it's better for Israel, et cetera, et cetera. But the question is like this. I mean, we were raised, I was raised, and this is my question. I was raised on this value that we were taught, and, you know, and we, we've heard this a lot. HaKadosh Baruch gave you a matana. Eretz Yisrael is called a matana. You know, it's a Yerusha. It's, a, it's our inheritance. It's, it's, it, there's, there's Gidusha to this place. And the idea of sovereignty and Jewish control over this land has religious value. So I'm not asking you what's better for the state of Israel. That's a political question. But political questions, I mean, I'm sorry, a religious politician should take religious values into account. Correct. But religious values, as we know, have been highly manipulated on uh, many but years. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking... Especially in our lifetime. I mean, we've seen this. We, my life, your life has seen this narrative, right, this ideology evolve. We've seen the blood that's been spilt by maximizing this narrative at the cost of taking wider issues into consideration. So, could I give you a share right now? 
about Eretz Yisrael HaShlema. Absolutely. Could I take out the many svarim I have describing to the boundaries of the land of Israel, right? And how in many ways Medina Yisrael is a far cry from the boundaries of, of Eretz Yisrael. Of course I can. Do I think the Medina Yisrael is an expression of Eretz Yisrael and the Jewish people being part of our homeland? Yes, but the boundaries aren't the same. The systems aren't the same. And there are obviously certain pros and certain many challenges. But the question really is, do I think that we should be pushing towards an ideological maximization of our, of our maps according to a certain uh, drive which we've seen has made massive errors in our lifetimes? Or do I think we should make decisions currently now which aren't going to lose us anything because the status quo is still the status yeah, I'm quo? I'm going to push which back. Are directly what, what, do you mean, what do you mean massive citizens? errors? I mean, what, what are you referring to? What, what can you define? Some would argue, some would argue the very insistence on our being here is a massive error that's caused bloodshed. That's the argument. Lots of people argue many things. Uh, so I, I, I'm not, all, I'm all not I'm saying is I have, not profits. me, I have Sefer by Midbar. I have the boundaries in Parshat Matot that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised to us. Now you could say it might not be my responsibility. But if somebody comes to me and says, geopolitically, you're in a time where the Jewish people can have control. Or you can have a peace agreement with you. We're not in a time where Jewish you people can have control. Said, Look like, at okay, the fact, even if annexation happened, do you know how far it is between Eretz Yisrael, Akwinta, Parashat, Matot, Masei, and what would happen even in terms of annexation? Like, let's not kid yourself. That's, that's <laughs> the annexation but, plan. But, 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 I'm asking you, where is the shear? I want to, wait a second. Where is somebody speaking up and saying, can I say something just to help, to help, I think, put you guys on the track? I think what Ruby is trying to argue is he's saying, from a religious perspective, isn't it obvious that we should be pro Eretz Yisrael Shlema? And I think that what Johnny is, is is feeling, and I think that what I definitely feel, is that that's not necessarily true from a religious perspective. My my religious perspective is that Eretz Yisrael Shlema has to be earned, and I think that you know uh, Johnny was talking about massive errors, and and I think he's probably alluding to, and I'll say that I'm alluding to. I think the religious Zionist community since 1967 has ha taken the wrong tack. They've taken the wrong tone. I think that until I, I, my feeling is that until um, the entire country more or less is unified around um, values and um, basically th there's a sense that we're all kind of headed in the right in the same direction pulling towards a value that's not seen as a value by depending on when you're talking about but it you know it, it's previous let's say previously 50 percent of the country that's not a religious value. So, like, if you're going to say, well, in 1967, we should have done right then, and we should have taken over Harabayat, you know what, maybe we should have. But the fact that we didn't demonstrates that maybe we, we as a nation weren't ready, and we needed to go through another kind of talit as a country of coming together in unity. And in, once we can do that, then Akash Baruch will give it to us. And that's a religious, to me, that's a religious perspective. You, I have to think that that's I a really, theological point of view. Yeah. Molly, where do you live? Yeah, I, I don't disagree that we should be living. In the wait, wait, wait a second. If somebody had an attitude in 1967, where would you live? The Seder, okay. And where, and what would, as and, a student, and what would be, and what one would second, be but look at Rav Amital, right? Rav Amital is one of the founders. situation of the Jews in Jerusalem? One second. And but Yad Binyamin? Rav Amital was one of the founders, I believe, unless I'm wrong, Johnny, you can fact check me, of Gush Emunim. And then, 
I don't know how many years later, 20 years later, he was the founder of Maimad, right? A person is allowed to change their mind and to change their perspective based on how they real, view the historical reality. So you think that it was a mistake in 67? No, I don't think it was a mistake in 67. I think, though, that the, 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 the fealty to Eretz Yisrael at all costs, which caused so much antagonism against religious Jews within the state, and I remember this during the 90s when, when people would get and I'm like, you don't speak for me. You're a crazy person. I remember people who would who would speak for Goshemunim and Moetzet Yesha. And I'm like, you're you're nuts. And you, you're not you're, the, the the perspective you're you're describing. You're making people really believe that you think that land is is holier than life. And make the case. Meaning, so I think I said it in the podcast before. The religious Zionists ran to the hilltop screaming a and didn't bother turning around and seeing that nobody was chasing them. Nobody. Wait, 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 one second. Okay, no, and, now. And one second. And Gush Katif is the same thing. Why is Eretz Yisrael important? Because yeah. because it's our holy land, and ultimately we believe that Hashem Baruch Hu will give us this land, and that we. So don't you think that one day God will come to us and we'll say, God, why did you give us the land? And he said, of course I gave it to you. Right. Trump called okay, and said, second. you want Sipuach? And he said, oh, by the way, what one second. I'll tell deal? you what my answer to that is. And my you know what he would is... say? You know what he would say? Wait. You would say, no. Yeah. I... Wait, let me finish. I didn't finish my question. Then I'll let you answer. And then he would say, and you would say, yeah, but it wasn't real. And we, you know, like he said, but the peace with us no. also defected with the UAE. No. Like, he said, you two boats in a helicopter. One second. Wait. No, that's not how I think. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, when I, I went up to Hawaii with, with Rav Yitzchak Levy. Okay? And... It was very profoundly moving. And when we get we, we got down from Harabayat, he said, we all want a, a reality, right, where we're going to rebuild the Beis Dash. How are we going to do it? Right? And he said, he basically sees that the Tanakh tells us how we're going to do it. Open up the Nevi'im. What does it tell you? Create a just and moral society. That's what it tells you. It doesn't tell you, you know, uh, start a machteret, and it doesn't tell you, uh, you know, like uh, all kinds of other political things. Now, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think that I agree with you. That's why I said perhaps in 1967 we did make some mistakes. Perhaps we should have done um, certain more uh, forward-thinking acts at, 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 in certain points. I, I think that you, you're right. You have to figure out when God is sending you a helicopter and the helicopter is, you know, take a moment. And I agree with you. And, and, and perhaps three months ago, I would have, I, if I would have looked at that and said, like, this is the moment to annex, I would have said annex. And sometimes what God is telling you is first work on your, um, on, on, on your, your midos. You have to start, if you're not starting from a place where you can proudly say, that your bein adam lechaveru to your fellow Jew is in place. I don't think that you can say to God, um, the, you know, but but Hashem, the land, the land. I have to work on the land. That's my that's my. Okay, see, that, and it's interesting because you took this way off the rails. I didn't ask you should we annex the land at the cost of you know upsetting all of the you know what I'm saying only for ourselves and we only care for ourselves. I ask you, we have a choice between peace with a non-belligerent country who, but, but that's why I gave you my whole political theory because you I don't think that was a choice you didn't, I don't think I, that's I, a real choice I think creating a, a, a fantasy world and I think I need to know a lot more about that fantasy world that we live in what, what is this fantasy world where all of a sudden we can do Sipuach of all of Yehudah V'Shomron um, versus the Arab Emirates if, uh, that's what I wanted to ask you if, if I gave you the choice tomorrow and said Molly Trump calls you up and says you can have it all you can annex every single inch we'll back you all the way would you do it? I don't know. I need to know what, what are we going to do with the Palestinian population? How are we going to, how are we going to well, amend the Jewish state and, and democracy? 
without violating um, the, the, the human rights of this population? I need, I need better answers. You're going to get to what you want to get to, which I want to get to, too. But what I'm telling you is that right now, all I can do is make the best choices in the, in the moment that I think are the best politically, but also the best ethically. And I, I'm actually I'm going to push back to Ruby because you frame the question. By the way, you well, you all answered the question way. myself, just so you because know. You I said, didn't give you what I said, what I think, but okay. No, second, no, no. You said Trump. You're, why? Why you're does begin with Trump calls you? The part and parcel of the problem is you believe that Trump is the permission giver to what Israel does in this region, right? So, if that's the case, we've got bigger problems mm -hmm. than whether we do uh, annexation or whether we make ties with the UAE. Why the heck did the question begin with Trump calls you? Why not the, pr the Prime Minister or the President of the State of Israel made a decision? That's it. That's part and parcel of our issue currently in Midnight Israel, whereby at the moment we're looking not just for financial aid, but for political direction outside of our own politics. And of course, there's always been dialogue. Of course, there's always been collaboration. But if the world is the way you see it, which I don't think so, by the way, I really don't think quite it's Trump calls and this happens. But let's take it as a question you framed it. We've got way bigger questions than annexation or the steel. It's what is Midnight Israel if some random guy 6,000 miles away is deciding what we should be doing here? A country like any other country, not the most powerful nation in the world. Is that, is that really the expectation we're, that we're supposed to be the most powerful, we're supposed to be the most ethical? Like I didn't say the most anything. I'm saying to you, uh, if our leaders aren't leading, then what is this country? Our leaders are leading. But that's that's leading. That's always been leading. Look at, look at Sefer Yishayahu. Look at Yirmiyahu. We're always leading in negotiation with the other major superpowers of the world. But that wasn't a question. Ruby didn't fair, say Trump suggested. My, said my, Trump my only him. point was, that in this whole discussion, I haven't heard people talk about Eretz Israel as a religious value. And we see, we, we almost in this community, I feel like when, the, the, when I was in yeshiva, maybe it's because I was in yeshiva, but they talked about it. It was a topic. It was, it was important. And one doesn't get the sense, like even from leading religious leadership, they don't talk about it anymore. They don't, nobody got mm -hmm. up and said, Molly, did anybody get up and say, like even in even Rav Medan or whatever say, yeah, it was a tough choice. It's a difficult decision. It may have even been the right decision, but it should pain us. Hear, I think that everybody feels at, that. I don't think I think people do feel that. I, that's why again I started. Yeah, that's so? why I started with this. Like understand what really happened here. I don't think people. I, I think the way you framed it is not how people perceive it. I don't think people said Bibi had a choice. United Arab Emirates. Or Yehuda Shamron, he chose the United Arab Emirates. I don't think that people view it. I think people said... That, that's how he said it, by the way. That's the Seder. That, that's why I said I think he used that as a clap. I think he used that as a card. I think the way most people view it is, the whole sort of flipped, slipped through our fingers. It was a dream that was kind of presented to us, and then we very quickly realized that that wasn't what we were going to get. We weren't ever going to get that. So instead of that, we got this. You know what? This is pretty cool, and this is pretty awesome, and in the big picture, this might this this is really good for the state of Israel. I think that's how most people view it, and I think that's why you're getting this response. I don't think people... This is not like Yamit versus Begin. Yamit versus Begin is the, is, is the fight you're talking about, right? And the people who... Who, well, yeah, me versus, what's the difference? I don't think that the Sipurach was at the... It, just because you don't have pictures of people being kicked out of their house? No, because I don't, I think people don't really view it as BB chose he had X or Y and he went for Y. I don't think that's a people view it. I think he started to realize 
X is not happening the way I thought X was happening, but I can get Y now, and Y is pretty awesome, so I'm going to go for Y. I really think that's how most people view it. I, 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 I'm very, I have to be honest, you're very torn, because on the one hand, like you, you have, what really changed with the United Arab Emirates? One thing that did change is that they came out in the open, but nothing really changed. No, so but that's... Raised, so so like what would really change with Sipuach, with annexation? What would really change? And the answer is, and, and nothing, really. You know, like, yeah, okay, so Mali, instead of having been subjugated by the military authority, then the Israeli police would be there. But nothing would really change. Would they really be able to build as much as they wanted? You know, because other people would still dispute the land. And the answer is nothing would really change. So you're asking yourself, well, do I, do I care about a technical change that has very, I don't know how much effect, you know, with United Arab Emirates or something that has to do with the way we see ourselves in this land? And that's really why I struggle. I mean, obviously the way it's being framed, of course, in the media, we're going to have a gazillions of dollars and it's going to be great and everyone's going to come with peace with us. And that's nice. And I think actually um, um, Netanyahu's framing of shalom for shalom, peace for peace, is, is very, very important. That we're tired of giving away things for nothing. And you want to make peace with us? Make peace with us. You don't want to make peace with us? Don't make peace with us. We're not interested. I think that was, that was a very, very big deal. But on the other hand, like the, the idea of, I, I wonder what like Sipuach would have, like, the idea that we're willing to give up on this idea that it's not important for us to be in control of our land. And I'll say th- that okay. this is our land. I, mean, no, I don't no, think anybody's saying that. I think that's what exactly people, what they're saying. A weird I don't thing. think so. I they're don't think we're saying that. that. I think that what we're saying is, we still want we still want Sipuach eventually, but right now we'll take it off the table. No, I don't think we're giving up on the idea of, of eventual Sipuach. I didn't say giving up. Firstly, who say, says we, say, that, that debate about who wants what, it? Like or you not, said, never the really thing, happened the in society. Said, there those you want to make peace with me? Make peace with me. So he could have said, to be honest with you, Maaladumim is part of Israel. We're never giving it up because I don't care what you say. And let's be honest, and everybody knows the same thing about Gush Etzion. It's part of the state of Israel. Okay, and but right real, now, this goes back to what Johnny said before. Right now, he feels that... And I have to tell you, right, I have to tell you, yeah. I was listening to an interview about... But I want to say something, about, yeah. ...about Trump. And he said, people don't like Trump because he says things the way they are. He said, you know, like, he looked at, the, at Jerusalem and he said, I, I don't really understand, but it seems to be part of Israel to me. So this, like, this fiction... Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't have the guts to say the exact same right. thing. And I'm not talking about Hebron, even though I'd love to. I'm not talking about a lot of different things. But mm-hmm. to look at the map and to, like, to say, you know, Molly and David have a really tough time getting to Yushalayim because there's no train. Why is there no train? Well, it's not our, da 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 They're not going anywhere. Build a train because it's part of Israel. I agree with you 100%. I agree. And that's dangerous. Okay, so that I agree with you. And I think that that's what we thought in the beginning. When Bibi was standing in the White House, I thought, I think that's what he thought. I thought he, I thought he could just say, it's ours, get over it. The same way they said it about the Golan and nobody made a peep. The same way they said it about the embassy. Remember World War, World War III, nobody made a peep. He thought he could do the same thing with Sipuach. And it turns out it wasn't quite as simple. And so instead, he went to his second pet project, which he's been working on for a really long time, which is this whole larger peace treaty with the larger Arab world. And as I said it before, it's really important because it shifts the balance of power. It's an alliance of people, of, of, of Arab countries, versus Iran and Turkey. And, and now it's like United States, Israel, and the Arab countries on one side, and Iran and Turkey on the other side. That's really important. And, and, and that being de facto is important. And Bibi's thinking for the long haul, 
Right now, that's what I'll take. I agree with you. I think you're right. I think that we should get to a day where the same way that we could, that you're right, when, when like Trump has the guts to say, you know what, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. Get over yourselves. I'm moving the embassy, and it's fine. And, you know, the Golan Heights is part of Israel. Get over yourselves. It's part of Israel, and that's fine. One day, we should really be able to say that, certainly about the Bika and certainly about the Gush Etzion. And I agree with you. I, I thought and hoped that, that day was was the day, but then it turned out, no, we're not quite there yet. The European Union is just not quite there yet. Well, what, apparently, just, neither just, is Kushner. Just, so, he'll make, take something else. Just, yeah, sorry. I just want to make one hair because we, again, I'm going back to what I said before to Ruby. We are saying that. BB says that. The government policy is to say that. What you're talking about is outside organizations. United Nations in America also saying that. Internally, within the state of Israel, there are statements made on a highly regular basis saying, those lands are our lands, and notwithstanding the fact that international organizations disagree with us, that's our position absolute. We've been saying that for decades. What we're talking about, or seemingly what you're talking about, is how outside agents, important organizations, fundamentally important countries, should take that view, and that should have a wider impact on the political landscape. I just want to clarify that, because when you say we should be able to say, we are saying that. And what Ruby's asking is, why are we not saying that? We actually are saying that. The question is, Israel why are we not pushing that. for others to be We're saying that We're not saying that as a religious community. That's my point. Of course point. we are. And, it's because, and the reason why we should say it, Imali, is because it's a religious value. I'm not saying but it's, it, but it's a complex value. religious value. It's a religious value that has to live on. Every religious value is complex, but if you don't put it out there, then nobody knows. But Ruby, the two, for too long, people who have been saying Eretz Yisrael Shlema have been ignoring other religious values, and that needs to change. And I think, and I think if it's changing, that that's positive. I agree with you that we should keep that as a value, and I, and I agree with you that when, if and when we would have to, you know, lose pieces of land. We should cry and be sad about that. And we should hope that eventually there's a way to have all the lands and also have all the other good values at the same time. That should be our goal. Now, you can't have everything. But I, well, I, I have to tell you, gonna, I, find we, it, I find it distressing. I'll just share with you that if I, when I ask you, if you were given Sipuaf tomorrow on a silver platter, you wouldn't take it. I don't know what I would do. I need more information because I'm not actually... No, you wouldn't take it if it didn't fulfill your dream reality that everybody was happy. I'm not... I, I need to know more. I need to know what, what the long-term implications are going to be. I need to talk to de the demographic experts. You, you can't talk know. About how we're going to know the long-term implications I'm are going to be. I'm sorry. No, I, I could have a 10-day um, um, series where I <laughs> before I make a decision. That's like probably what I would You'd do. You'd appoint a committee. That's what yeah, he always does. I would appoint, that's what I would do. I would get the experts. I'm sorry, I can't answer you like that. I'm not going to just say, say to you, pie in the sky, you know, yes, I'm going to take it and worry about all the consequences afterwards. I need to know. I, my, I, my gut is with you, Ruby. I don't disagree with your gut, but I understand that, that, there, that it's a lot more complex than, than the, the picture you're painting. I'm not naive about the complexity. I, obviously not. But What's I'm your answer, Ruby? What's your answer? Yeah, I take it. If, you give, if somebody calls me and says, would you like to annex tomorrow? All of you, Davish All of it. All of it. I'll ask Without asking any questions. Know, if you ask me, Molly, do I... Okay, which, which, so now I'm going to ask you, Ruby. What's your yeah, plan? What are you going to do? I, if you ask me, which... And, and this is a balance that we all play. Like, and because I, 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 I'm sensitive to your concerns about democratic values. What, what are you going to do with the Palestinians? Are you going to give them full citizenship? What do you no, I can't give them full citizenship. So uh, how are you gonna, what are you going to do? They're going to be... I would probably do what Bennett said to do and create a sub-state within my state. Oh, so then you have a sub-state. So what do you mean? Do they own their, do they, so they're now going to be like, we, do they own their land? How does this work? This is exactly the conference. This is a 10-day symposium that I want to have. 
Uh, you can have it after I do Sipua. We can discuss it afterwards. Just let, let's. Uh, I want to throw back because, one because part of the I question. do see larger things in play. I think you have to see Yad Hashem in historical events. <laughs> so do I. Try to. You have I to agree. at least try to. You have to appreciate the gifts that you're given. And not look the gift horse in the mouth and say, well, unless it's on a perfect platter, unless Mashiach comes, unless the Mashiach literally falls from the sky. I don't disagree with you about that. I don't disagree with you about that. <laughs> so, like, made a mistake in 1967. That, I, that may be true. Johnny. I was going to just take a different example. You know, we're always very, very quick to talk about the absoluteness of absolute land in particular regions. Imagine Ruby, you're given the option tomorrow. A new Mats has been hired to oversee the public spaces in Tel Aviv. And you can overtake the whole of Rabin Square and you'll put a yeshiva there. Immaterial that will annoy and aggravate the entire neighborhood. Would you do it? No. Tomorrow. No, I don't think... Why? Torah, Torah, Torah! Isn't that a religious value as well? I never said that the, that the Torah says you have to build a yeshiva every single, on every single inch of the state You of should teach Torah. Torah is an absolute value. Teach Torah teach and Torah. yeshiva. Hopefully people will come. Why can't you make a whole yeshiva there? Because you're worried about how it will impact I, I, the people living around there. Why is it complicated? My point is, why is it complicated in certain spaces, but other spaces, it's a no-brainer, and every problem can be resolved within a matter of seconds. I didn't say every problem can be resolved. I said a Kadosh Baruch who said, this is your Nachala. This is your Yerusha. That's what a Kadosh Baruch who says. I have sources. You can quote me. Moasha is to Eretz Yisrael. Moasha is You can quote me Shirim from here till tomorrow about how right I am. Correct? You can give three and hours I could of quote to you, And I could do the same for me in terms of teaching Torah. What I'm saying to you is that in certain aspects of Jewish values, we put, that, and this is part and parcel of the issue, land has been taken in certain parts of the religious Zionist world as being so absolute that it trumps all other values so absolutely that they become irrelevant. And yet even Torah study, which I'm just giving you an example of, which I would hope is pretty important to Torah, seems to take a very much a second, third, or twelfth place. And yes, I'm well aware of all the literature, but nevertheless, if you could take a space and teach Jews Torah, knowing it's complicated, you'd say, I'd hold on a second and figure out what that looks like. When we're talking about land, we'd say we'd go for it. That part, that's part of the issue. That there's a certain I, I totally reject about your comparison. Land. I don't find it compelling at all. I just don't find your argument compelling at all. One is like one is not mutually exclusive. Here, this is you're just basically insisting you do this or that. You framed a zero sum game about peace with the UAE or or annexation. But when I give me, it's irrelevant how good or bad my comparison yeah. is, right? This look. The point is, why is it the one zero sum game that doesn't exist? But yeah, I give you a different one, and you'd say, well, you no, don't live I in the world of fiction. I agree with you. It's not a zero sum game. I know how I framed it, but we didn't. I didn't, and I'll say it myself. I didn't express pain about the fact that we were this close to Sipuach. I'm not entirely sure. That's why, Molly, I've been hacking you all week. How do you feel about Sipuach? And you're like, I don't know. Like, because you know, nobody like, knows what was no, on the table what we mean, had. Listen, you're right. Me. If I knew, if I knew that we really were that, like if let's say in 10 years the files become unsealed, right? And this is what I really think. I told you this privately. I think that Bibi thought he really was going to get it. And then I think that, they, that the Americans, that Kushner rolled it back. That was my feeling when I watched. I be in the White House, and then I watch Kushner on CNN. And if I find out in 10 years that really, that it, like, we could have had Sipuach, and it could have all been smooth, but, like, Bibi blinked, or Kushner blinked, yes, I will be sad. Right? I will. And, and I think that there, that, that there are times in history where we have looked back and said we could have done things, and the person blinked, and that was Chaval. Um, I will be sad. 
The reason I'm like, I don't know, is because I have no idea. I have no idea how close we were to Sipuach. I have no idea how far we were from Sipuach. I just have no idea what the heck went down there. And no, neither does anybody else. So I think... Yeah, that, that's definitely true. Like, Yatsanu, Lorak Yatsanu Bizo, Yatsanu Bashir, because we now have peace with the United Arab Emirates and a, probably a whole other countries. And, and that is really and politically valuable. I guess I totally yeah. agree, by the way. I totally agree. Like, I, I mentioned to you, I've, I've, I've shared with a bunch of people this, um, there's a Tikva podcast. They just interviewed Jared Kushner, and it's worthwhile to, it's worthwhile to, to listen to it. He, he comes up as very impressive, because I thought to myself, I just shared with you, like, my private thoughts. Way back when, I was a teacher in the Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy in West, in West Orange, New Jersey. And I'm, I, I don't know if, I think I taught Jared's brother. But I was like, I'm not embarrassed. I was like, send him a letter. Like, I want to know, like, you, he chose, let's assume that it was his choice between Sipua, because I, I think his father-in-law would let him do whatever he wants. Like, Jared, whatever, you know, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? He chose Sipuach over, oh, he chose and he chose peace over Sipuach. And you listen to me, it's like very clear. And he says, listen, Israel controls de facto, he controls those areas. We're not going to give them back anyway. Like, he doesn't think that Sipuach, that a technical declaration of annexation is fundamental, whereas he, th- he clearly thinks that peace is fundamental. And I, I don't know, I think right. I agree Yeah, with and that's, I, exactly. I okay, so we're all basically coming back to the same position. Correct. But that being said, we need to express a sense of, of, of need that I believe that there's religious value in Jews having control over Eretz Yisrael. And it's, an, it's, it's not, because he's talking in practical terms. Practically, Molly's house is Molly's house. No one's kicking her out, et cetera, et cetera. But there's, an, there's, a, there's a higher value and an, a higher need for Jews to have control over their historic land. And unless we insist Correct, on that, I don't think anybody disagrees with well that. And my point up, is, but it I think we've forgotten about that value to some extent. I don't think, I think we have. I don't think we sense. have. I don't think we I, have. I think a lot of people are bruised precisely because we remember where that value has taken some parts of the community, that doesn't mean it's not important. But it means it's come at a a profound cost, and not just in terms of life, but in terms of society, in terms of the the ability to make society the way we as a religious Zionist community should have been doing uh, and didn't do for a whole variety of issues. If you go to schools, you know, my kids' schools, they talk, of course they talk about Eretz Yisrael, but you're describing as if annexation was an absolute gift of absolute Eretz Yisrael, which it wasn't. It was a step closer to having greater control over more parts of the land. That's the reality. So to what extent is one step closer to that vision right now something that should... Uh, and that not being realized, whether it was really one step or many steps, worthy of a groan from religious Zionist community that had many, many ups and many, many downs. I think some people may well have groaned, some people are not, and some people just aren't sure. Okay, I think that's a great place to stop. Johnny, you always summarize so, so beautifully. I want to, what? You do? Like, right, like Molly says, whatever we say, Johnny says it better with the cool Exactly. Nah, yeah. Please. Okay. Um, we'll stop here. Uh, I want to thank Robert Johnny Solomon, Robin E. Molly I want to point everybody to our RZ Weekly Facebook page. We always are, always, as of late, we have been posting the episode. Also, in it's not video, but you can listen on Facebook. So you can listen on Facebook uh, if you want. Please share the episode and feel free to comment. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, and as I mentioned again, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and you will get a free gift from our subscribers. We'll stop here. Make it free gift? From our subscribers? 
Don't mess around. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> we'll stop this. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Bye now.